Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, what's up? It's Mrs. Trauma. It's a beautiful fall, October morning. Just got the kiddo off to school. Um, I have been back now at home for a couple weeks, starting to get back in my groove. <laughs> starting to feel the discomfort of what I'm about to talk to creeping back into my life. Um, once everything sort of calms down and the dust settles. So, um, raise your hand if you have been a victim of trauma. Uh, it can be any type of trauma. Um, there's so many, I'm not even going to list them off, but any type of trauma that has impacted you to a point that it follows you around in your life to some capacity, whether it be nightmares, whether it be, you know, Impending doom, catastrophic thinking, CPTSD, flashbacks, whatever it might be. There's so many more things. Raise your hand if you've been there because like I'm right there. Um, There's a series of things I do want to talk about that affect me on a regular basis. And um, today I'm talking about something that is currently happening in which I had to actually seek medical medical help for um and that's nightmares guys nightmares it's october we're getting spooky okay trying to have a little fun with all this even though it's a fucked up situation so nightmares okay um i have been blessed with a very vivid brain vivid mind but also cursed in the fact that when I dream, they are very intense. Um, I, this has been since I remember dreaming, so since I was a child. And um, so intense, in fact, like I can smell things, feel things, hear things. The memory of the dreams slash nightmares, they, um, I can remember some back from when I was a little kid. And I swear to God that I thought... <laughs> This may or may not be real. I do believe in aliens, but um, there was an alien in my room. I don't know if that was a dream or not. With what's been out on the news lately, who the fuck knows, right? Um, <laughs> wouldn't that be so funny if, like, I actually did have an alien visit me? I lived, like, I grew up way up in the mountains, like, in the middle of nowhere. It could be really easy for, like, a little alien to, like, scurry into my room and say what's up. Because, I mean, who better to target than children, if you're an alien, it's like genius. It's like, oh, they're not good. Their parents are just going to say it's a nightmare. Like, oh, mom, there's a monster under my bed. Oh, dad, there's a boogeyman in my closet. Yeah, it's just the fucking aliens. Let's be real. Um, anyway, getting back to it. Um, these nightmares I have, uh, oof. they all involve my ex. And um, they ramp themselves up you know, definitely around, still around times of the year. Um, today is this motherfucker's birthday, okay? And so I knew last night, I was like, oh God, I'm going to have some sort of nightmare. Great. Um, I just knew it was coming. And um, I've been having these nightmares now. God, I mean, I had them when I was with him. Um, the themes have changed, 
But like when I was with him, my nightmares consisted of always there being another woman involved. That was like a common theme. Always my phone wasn't working. I couldn't reach him. Um, couldn't like remember how to use a phone sometimes, or my phone was like de like uh just not working, deactivated, defective, or something like that. Um, the other theme was him just being really aloof about me, sometimes like pretending he didn't know me or, um, you know, <sighs> yeah, making it seem like I was, uh, crazy for like, you know, saying or doing the things I was worried about, which is what was actually happening in real life. Um, there was always this like common theme of losing him. Okay. Um, which in the end I did, thank God, right? Like, I'm really glad that I did lose him. It was the best thing that has ever happened to me uh, <laughs> in terms of a relationship ending because it was the most toxic relationship of my life. Um, so anyway, we've now been broken up for quite a... It, this is the second birthday that I've now gone through without him in my life. So two birthdays. We haven't been broken up for two years but two birthdays if that makes sense um last year I was still kind of fresh out of the gate I had met Mr. Trauma we were talking we were um getting to know each other uh, but I was still kind of like reeling from the breakup which now I'm not um I'm so over that shit but um that doesn't mean that like the memories of what happened during those times, which were terrible. His birthday was always a very um, difficult thing for me. Um, long story short, I just went above and beyond. And usually it ended up being that I would be abused some way after because he was so intoxicated at the end of the night. Um, so that's sort of that. Um, but like my nightmares, they got worse when we broke up. Um, and at first I was like, okay, this is super normal. Like everyone's going to go through nightmares. Everyone's going to have dreams, you know, for X amount of time after they, you know, break up with someone that traumatized them. But like, when does it become a problem? When does it become more than just uh, processing? So I've done some studies on dreams. I've, I've actually taken a class on dreams. Um, and I find them to be very fascinating. Because basically it boils down to dreams are things that we incubate in our subconscious. They're things that live in our subconscious selves, our subconscious mind, that when we're asleep our subconscious takes over because our conscious mind is is sleeping. So it gives our subconscious like basically a ticket to like the biggest party on the planet. And if you are not processing things in the way that is also, you know, hitting your subconscious, if you're working on your healing, then all the stuff in your subconscious thinks hey, this is still happening. Hey, this is still real. Almost it gets more powerful because it only exists in your subconscious. Like I don't walk around day to day thinking about this person. 
obviously I'm doing a podcast about this person. I'm not trying to glorify him or like keep him alive or keep the memory alive. I'm doing this because it was fucked up what he did to me. And I realize how many people are out there that are going through or have been through some type of toxic relationship in some capacity, romantic, workplace, you know, family, whatever it may be, okay? There's so much trauma in our world that that's why I'm doing this podcast. It just happens to be that this is my subject matter, okay? We're going to be having guests and other people on that have different perspectives from different, you know, ways that trauma has impacted them through different experiences and modalities. So it's not just going to be me talking about this relationship. But for right now, this is where I pull from. And it is relevant because a lot of the aftermath looks the same um, in terms of how we process One of those, circling back to, is nightmares, okay? So I've been having these nightmares now for, I mean, since we broke off, broke things off two years ago. It's been, well, a year and a half ago or whatever. (laughs) This is how much, like, I, I, how little I think about it in my day-to-day or, like, because I really, I know the dates, but, like, I'm not really... I don't really care anymore about that. And that this is why this is even more important is because like I really don't fucking care. Um, because to me, he's so insignificant in my day-to-day life. Excuse me, I need to get a little drink of water. He's so insignificant to me in terms of how I live my life now in the day-to-day that I really don't, keep an eye on like the dates or the calendar or anything unless it's like a a specific day like today so um let me kind of reorganize my thoughts and if you guys don't already know by now I have ADHD and it makes podcasting a little difficult sometimes but I try my best um but this whole nightmare thing has gotten to the point where um In the last six months, I would say it's been the most powerful. And I do think it's because everything else in my life, in my world, seemingly feels good during the day. Of course, I have shitty days and I have triggers and things like that. But really, everything's okay. Uh, Everything is like, a. I think, what everyone else's baseline is that hasn't been through trauma. I think that's sort of where I'm at. (laughs) And it, it, it sort of feels a little uncomfortable sometimes. Um, and I will do an episode all about when you start to feel normal again, how it doesn't feel normal and how you actually feel less comfortable when things start to calm down. Um, and that's a really big deal and something that is also sort of happening to me sometimes too, but we're taking this one step at a time. (laughs) There's so many layers to this, but the nightmare thing is really, important to me right now in my life. Um, so I been having these nightmares and I'll wake up in the middle of the night, you know, um, if I can get myself out of them, generally it's the same thing. I'm like in the middle of a panic attack when I wake up, I'm sweating. Um, I am reaching for my husband, reaching for something that 
I can say, oh my gosh, okay, that was a, that, this is not real. But it felt more real sometimes than life. Sometimes it feels so real that I wake up and I have pain in my body that lingers. And I will go ahead and give you a very graphic example of a nightmare that I had recently, which prompted me to reach out to my doctor. So I have this, I had this nightmare and, um, the backstory of why I think I had it is because my ex was very into my appearance. Okay. That we've heard this before from me. Um, I gained a lot of weight during COVID. It happened. I've lost 80% of it at this point. I'm feeling very healthy. I'm feeling very good. I'm not, uh, saying that weight should be tied to happiness, but for some reason, this person discriminates against overweight people. Like to the point where we would be driving in a car and someone who might to him look overweight, he would say something to the effect of, look at that fat fuck. That was his favorite term, fat fuck, uh, mowing their lawn. And I would turn to him and say, hey, at least that person's out there mowing the lawn. Whereas you don't mow the lawn and make me pay for someone or, you know, you don't even lift a finger to do that. So like, what is the problem with this person? Um, and I think it boiled down to his own insecurities with his own fluctuating weight, because there were times where he was very, you know, um, he's very tall guy. Uh, so there were times where he was very muscular, right. Or very lean or what he, or some people would say is overweight. Okay. He drank a lot of beer and he always had a beer belly. And I never, when I, when I was with him, when it was good, I just loved him. I didn't see anything but him. And even in the bad times, I, I just saw him. I don't see a person and say, Hey, gosh, they, they're changing, you know, their physical appearance just changing. So I'm going to love them less or more because of it. That, that, it's not who I am. Um, some people are, and that's their thing. Okay. Um, some people are towards themselves. I know I've had, God, this is another episode too, but like my parents really fixated on my weight. I'm adopted. And so my body type is a lot different than my adoptive parents' body type. Um, and they, to this day, still tie my weight with my happiness. Like I look very healthy right now. Um, I have lost like a significant amount of weight since my relationship ended. Um, but you know, the first thing they'll say when they see me is like, Oh my gosh, Chelsea, you look so good. You must be doing really well. (laughs) It's kind of funny. Um, it's sad that they think that if I look a certain way, I must feel a certain way that that's not true. Um, I've had some of the most dark, terrible moments of my life when I was extremely thin and fit. Um, I, I was I was in a really bad place. And again, another episode that we will talk about. Um, and then I've, right now in my life, I am an average looking, normal, 
I hate using this word normal. Let me just squash that normal looking person. I'm just me. I look like me, okay? I feel sexier, more beautiful, more healthy and younger than I ever have. And that's not because of what I see on the scale. It's not even because of what I see in the mirror. It's because of what's happening in my life, okay? So nightmares. Um, This particular nightmare was all about my physical appearance. Um, it was a running joke that my ex, my ex likes big boob, big busty breasted women. Okay. Um, I am not that (laughs) I am very average sized. I don't have huge breasts. I don't have small breasts. I have average sized breasts. Um, and my ex would make a joke that he would say if he ever got rich, he would buy me new tits. Okay. It's not funny um, and it's not necessary. I like my tits just fine. <laughs> um, I don't know why he thought that was so funny, um, but it really wasn't. And he never said I was beautiful. Even when I met him and I was sort of in what some would say like arm candy. Ugh, I hate talking about this. Like arm candy, um, you know, I was skinny. I hate that word too, but I'm just using these phrases because I'm trying to paint a picture here. I looked very different. Um, but it was also because I was so fucking depressed before I met him. Cause I was in a marriage that wasn't, you know, passionate. I ended up marrying my best friend and we were way too young. And, uh, as you grow, you, you change and passion becomes very important. So I was coming out of something that was really difficult for me because I had my whole life had flipped upside down. And um, I had I have a kid with this person, my ex-husband, who is a really good person, um, still is a wonderful person. He's a great dad. So, yeah, um, it was a tough it was a tough situation. So, you know, I wasn't eating as much and I was working out a lot as an outlet. And I looked different. So this nightmare I had that made me um, really upset was a couple of weeks ago. And um, what, from what I remember of it, I was strapped to a stainless steel surgical table, like, you know, bondage style. Um, I was in this very brightly lit room and there, <laughs> there was um, this guy who was in real life, when I did have a surgery, there was an anesthesiologist that I ended up flirt, like kind of flirting with after that pre-op shot. I don't know if anyone's ever had the pre-op shot, but it's the shot they give you to calm you down before they take you in. And it can make you like a little loopy. And this anesthesiologist was, you know, quite attractive. And I was very under the influence after that pre-op shot. And I, I, I was sort of like outwardly flirting with him in front of my ex, which was, you know, the drugs. It was stupid. It was kind of funny. Everyone was laughing. They were like, okay, you know, this happens. It was, it was stupid and funny. Okay. It was super harmless. It wasn't saying anything inappropriate, but just being a little flirty. Um, this was, this guy was in my dream. Um, and he was the executioner of my 
appearance is what I'm calling it. So in the dream, there was like a loudspeaker system in the surgical room. I don't know if you've ever, you know, seen that like place where they go, like students, I'm fumbling over my words, sorry, where students um, watch, you know, surgical procedures when they're in med school. It's like a very well lit sort of like little tiny amphitheater kind of. Um, and so I was alone in this, this place. I was strapped to this like cold stainless steel table and, um, there was just all these spotlights on me and there was the PA system going on. And I hear my ex and he is like maniacally laughing and he's like, change this about her, cut this off. It was like nip and tuck for like the sadistic psychopath motherfucker. Right. So he is saying all these things to change about my body. And I could feel it. Like I could feel it in my dream. It was really disturbing. And the things that were being said about my body were horrifying. And um, the things that were being done were horrifying. And he was basically turning me into a version of the women that I knew that he was like on the regular more attracted to than maybe me um and it was really fucked up um and it was different in the sense that like it wasn't me trying to find him or him cheating on me or him beating me up or trying to kill me or stealing my child from me type stuff like these are sort of reoccurring nightmares this was a new one and it was very vivid and I was very disturbed. Um, so I had done some research um, about six months ago for my husband because he started having trouble sleeping. And we both have the same um, diagnosis of CPTSD. And I take a sleep medication, but it's pretty hardcore. And um it's just not for someone who like has like occasional sleep problems. Like I've had chronic insomnia since I've been a kid. So like I need like the big gun and it's just something that I take. Um, but when someone else takes it, it, <laughs> it really messes them up um, sometimes. So for me, it, it's nothing for others. It's a lot. So I was trying to find something that maybe helped with like PTSD induced insomnia. And I came across a medication that um, wasn't really specifically for that, but was specific for nightmares with people who have CPTSD. And I was like, that's interesting. Hmm. I'm going to keep that in my back pocket. So, um, after I had this nightmare, I, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have done therapy, EMDR, journaling, processing. I have done dream journaling. I've done meditations. I've done, you know, ASMR type stuff before bed. I've, you know, changed up my diet before bed. I've done like so many things. I don't drink alcohol. I don't use drugs. Like I've done so many things that I'm like, what the fuck else do I have? This is so disruptive. It's disrupting my life to the point where like some days I'll go to sleep and I'll have had this beautiful evening with my husband, you know, 
being connecting, being intimate, um, all this stuff, go to bed feeling like so satisfied, so present, boom, that I'm like catapulted out of the comfort cannon into hell. And I'm sick of it. I can't do it anymore. Like it's, it's starting to kind of like overtake my daily life as well. My subconscious here. So, um, I remembered, oh God, I remember, I was like, Hey, I remember this medication about the stream stuff. So I started doing a little research and read some, you know, actual like legitimate, like articles. Um, not just like you know, elephant journal, not, I'm not trying to like dig at them or whatever, but I read some like scientific, you know, journals and like medical journals, um, with like the whole like abstract and all this and that. I forgot what they're called. (laughs) I used to have to write them. They're like the APA format or whatever, like the ones where you have to like actually have like, you know, resources and references and things like that. Help me out. If you know, drop it in a comment or text me what that's called. Cause, uh, I don't remember anyway off the totally off topic there. Um, but I, I read enough to be like, okay, I'm going to ask my doctor about this. And I, I love my doctor. I love it. If you have trauma, please find a doctor that understands trauma because it goes a long way. Um, if you're one that, you know, does, take medication like me. Awesome. If you don't, awesome. But either way, have a doctor that understands like the physiological stuff that happens to you uh, after you experience trauma, because it's really important. Um, Even if you choose or not to choose to take medication to treat or whatever that I, I do choose to take medication. I will be very honest. Um, I think that it's okay to have store-bought, ser- like store-bought serotonin is what I call it. Um, I take a couple different things. They work for me. Um, but I also have friends that don't take anything and they use other, you know, alternative type treatments that work for them. Awesome. Whatever works for you works. Nothing's better. Nothing's worse. Some people don't do anything and they, you know, work it out themselves through their own way that works. Okay. It's not like a one... <sighs> It, it doesn't fit in just like a box, right? There's so many ways to treat trauma. Sometimes the best treatment is just time. But in my case, I've come to the conclusion that enough time has passed that I should not be having these dreams anymore like this. And they're getting more intense because my day-to-day is getting less wrapped up in the past. So my subconscious now is like really where it lives. So I reached out to my doctor and mentioned the medication and she was like, you know what, let's give it a shot. So, um, I have started to do this, to try. Um, the first night I tried kind of backfired. (laughs) Um, I don't think I took it at the right time. And I had a bit of a side effect in the morning that kind of derailed my morning. Um, I decided to give it a couple days and then try again. So last night I tried again. This isn't like, 
a magic bullet, okay? And this is something that is temporary, I think, at least I hope. Um, I hope it gets me over the hump to where my subconscious, you know, kind of lets go a little bit of this. And I think also talking about it helps too. But um, the goal for me is to just like take the medication, do a little bit more intense processing, do some more intense work um, that I have been maybe afraid to do because of my dreams because they correlate often with my therapy or, you know, anything I'm doing to try to like improve my, you know, effects of trauma on my life. So I took it last night and um, I knew that today was going to be kind of a a rough day. It is. I'm not going to lie. There's just like a lot of triggers, a lot of memories. I hate anniversaries. I've done a whole episode on this. Anniversaries suck of trauma. And I hate this day because I would have been dealing with a lot of bullshit and a lot of abuse. So not a fun day for me. Um, so I did take it last night. My dream last night, again, my dreams are so vivid. One good thing, he wasn't there. My ex was not in the dream. So, hey, that's a win. Two, um, the dream was weird. It was like borderline could have gone to the dark side, was like trying to, I think. Totally wackadoo dream. Um, and I'm not even going to like talk about it because it wouldn't even make sense. But like it was a very weird dream. But it wasn't scary. Um, it was a little unsettling. But it wasn't traumatic. And so I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to keep taking this medication for a little while and see what happens. Um, I have to increase my dose. And again, I'm not saying go take medication if you have nightmares. I'm not saying that this is what you should do. I'm just saying that nightmares overall can impact your life so much that like you have to do something like this. Like for me, I I was at my breaking point. Like what am I going to do? And my doctor heard me and she was like, this is a problem and let's try. I mean, what's the harm in trying? So that's where I'm at. Um, I'll keep you guys updated on stuff, but nightmares... If you're having them, I would definitely be aware that there's probably a reason why, especially if they have the same common theme like mine did. Um, I will link a dream journal um, PDF down in the show notes for you guys that I bought um, a while back and used. And I found it to be really helpful. I still use it. Um, I just use it on my iPad with like my iPencil, but you can print it out and you can literally fill it out. And it's a great way, it's a great template to use for, you know, just documenting your dreams, especially if you decide you're doing, you know, enough bad dreaming, having enough nightmares that you want to have a sleep study done or you want to go see someone about this that, you know, specializes in dream therapy they're gonna make you do this anyway so it's a good way to just keep documentation of it and for some people just documenting your dream like writing it down on paper uh really helps and um it can take them away or at least decrease the intensity of them I know for a fact that I will never have 
uh, <laughs> a time in my life where I don't have a nightmare. Everyone has nightmares. People who have had nothing bad happen to them have nightmares, okay? It's very normal. But I'm really sick of seeing this guy in my dreams. And um, I probably will see him forever in my dreams in some capacity. But, like, if it's, like, once every couple years, I'm cool with that. Um, You know, five nights a week, not cool. Especially when, like, I have nothing during my day that's telling me to have a dream about him that night. So, um, I will also link a book, um, that I read that is also awesome. I forgot the name of it, but I will link it in the show notes and it is so good. You can get it at the library, um, or you can, you know, get it on Amazon or whatever. Um, I checked it out from the library and it was really good about explaining dreams, especially nightmares, um, and how they manifest themselves and why. And I mean, it's all kind of like everyone's best guess because dreams are, they're one of those like human phenomena that happen that we're like, why does this happen? They're, you know, you can't take a blood sample and then run it through a test machine and be like, oh, poof, here's why you have dreams. Okay. They are a subconscious thing, which is very, you know, it's a completely different ball game here that we're dealing with. So, um, with that being said, I am quite tired because I did not sleep great last night. So I'll let you go, but hopefully this helps. Um, again, I will link all that stuff as well as the contact information for me. Um, and if you need to reach out, if you are stuck, you want to talk if you want to come on the show and talk and share your experience um or if you want to come and just talk to me one-on-one I don't charge to talk to people I am a certified crisis counselor um so I am trained and like you know have credentials and all this stuff um I'm here to help so yeah if you need support I can help you, you know, find it. So I'll link my contact info, uh, as I always do. And then if you are in immediate crisis, please text 741741, um, text home to 741741, sorry. Um, that's crisis text line. And we are there 24 seven to help you out. Uh, anyway, I am fading here kind of fast. I'm getting a little tired, so I will let you go, but hopefully this helps. And, um, just remember if you're having nightmares, you're not alone they suck. So wish me luck that this medication gives me a little respite and gives me some space to create some new, um, things to fill up my subconscious with new things to dream about. Cause I haven't had a really good dream in a long time. Um, and I'm really over it. I'm exhausted by it. So with that, love you, take care and everybody remember you're not alone. We are all a village. All right. Bye.